Welcome back to our loyal audience. You're listening to Elder Law Issues, the weekly podcast of Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. This is Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners at Fleming and Curdy. And another one of the partners is Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, who is here with me. Elizabeth, the last time we talked about record keeping for conservators, for people who have to account to the court. And we tried to explain to people how important it is to keep really good financial records if they're acting as conservator. In this podcast episode, I thought we would talk about record keeping for other kinds of fiduciaries, particularly trustees and personal representatives of estates. And you know, it suddenly occurs to me, I actually hadn't thought of this before. We need to do another episode on record keeping for agents who act under a durable power of attorney. But I don't want to go there today. I want to focus on trust administration and probate estates. Well, Robert, I will tell you that being a fiduciary takes work and really requires integrity and good communication. So when we start meeting with people who may, somebody may have been appointed personal representative by the court and is going through a probate, or we may be working with a trustee who is taking care of a parent or is taking care of an estate after a parent's death. In either one of those cases, it's important to remember who is going to be asking for records. Well, certainly the IRS. You need to remember that you're required to be filing tax returns. Secondly, you need to be prepared to answer to the beneficiaries. And in some cases, when you may be trustee for a parent who's still alive, do you know who you're required to be providing records to? Your parent. It's that person's money. And so when we talk to people, one of the most important things I try and get across is think about your audience. You need to be keeping track of any monies, any accounts. Your inventory needs to be accurate. You need to keep track of expenses, any kind of income that might be earned by investments. And all of those records need to be kept and maintained in a safe space. So when I meet with trustees who sometimes carry around, you know, a backpack of records, I say, well, how are you able to reproduce those upon request? And one of the first quizzical looks I usually get is about exactly how they need to be saving records. So what trustees and personal representatives need to know is that you're required to be able to produce records to show either the court, the beneficiaries, others, how money is maintained and spent. And that's not something you can just try and explain. It's something that you actually need to provide documentation for. One of the big differences between this topic and record keeping for conservators is the court involvement. In the case of a conservatorship, the court is always involved. The court accountant always looks at the accountings and and may ask questions. But in most trust administrations and in probates, at least in Arizona, and we need to be very clear, we're talking about Arizona here, the court usually does not get involved in reviewing accounts. And so that means, as you say, Elizabeth, that the people you're really producing the records for are your siblings or your parents or the other beneficiaries of, of a trust. If your parents left money to a charity, the charity is going to be one of the people that you have to provide records to. So uh, my point really is 
that it's not just family, it's everybody who is affected by the use of the money. What if you have a beneficiary, Robert, who says, oh, trustee, I trust you. Don't worry about giving me copies of things. Is the trustee still required to report, Robert? Well, that depends. Is it your older brother? Because if it is, he is going to go back on what he said. I'm being facetious, of course, but family members um, often say, oh, everything is just fine in the moment and then have 50 questions later. So just because you've been told, oh, I'm not going to hold you to too high a standard, doesn't mean you don't need to keep very meticulous records. You may never show them to anyone. You may just put them in a, in a box in the back of the closet and never open them up again. And that's great. That means you save some energy and some possible angst, but you can sleep better at night knowing that if anybody did ask, you could show what happened, exactly what that $120 at Lowe's was used for. Oh yeah, that was the paint to, to repaint the bathroom before selling mom's house. And Robert, I think that people need to operate under the presumption that they are going to be asked to provide some kind of summary accounting. So even if you do have those records in the back of your closet, you certainly need to be able to provide the records necessary to file tax returns and properly report. And you also are going to need to provide some kind of summary of what the assets were that you collected and how they're being distributed. So even in a case where I have beneficiaries all agree to waive an accounting, they're still usually going to have an inventory and a proposal for the distributions that they'll be getting. If you don't have that information, there's no way to know if what you're getting is what you're entitled to. And so when we talk to trustees, we're really not trying to give anybody a hard time. We're actually just trying to help advocate for you in advance. When I meet with people who are personal representatives, one of the biggest misconceptions is that because somebody is dead, you don't need to worry about every single detail with that person's account. Maybe you wrote a couple checks after somebody died out of the account because you were acting as that person's agent. Well, you really can't do that. And so when we talk to people about record keeping and probates, remember, just because somebody died does not mean that you don't need to be prepared to account for all the transactions in the checking account after death. Um, remember, if you've been using authority under a durable financial power of attorney to help somebody pay their bills and that person dies, the moment the person dies, your authority under that durable financial power of attorney is no more. One of the questions that we often get from people is whether they can keep their records electronically. Is that okay to just keep all of these on a big Excel spreadsheet and, and, a, and a, a digital copy of the receipts? Well, Robert, I would say I certainly would want to be able to provide backup. So if somebody said, Elizabeth, did you happen to misenter or forget that comma or zero, I could actually provide the supporting documentation. So Robert, you really should have hard copies of much of the supporting documentation, even if you are using electronic systems like QuickBooks, for instance, or Excel, to summarize information. So how can people use us? How, how can we help with the record keeping? Let's try and talk to you before you start paying people and 
paying creditors and making distributions, the first thing I would say is let's have a discussion about what the expectations are going to be from the beneficiaries and what your duties are before you dive in. We meet with a lot of people who they may have already gotten a tax return prepared, they may have already started making distributions, and they're at the tail end of an administration and a question arises about why the house was sold at a certain amount or where the closing statement is for that house, what the commissions were for the realtor, or for instance, why the property tax bill wasn't appealed before the house was sold. All of these questions can come up. So if somebody comes in to us before they start administering an estate, either as trustee or as personal representative, the chances are we can help you get organized and be alert to the kinds of things you need to be careful with. We've been talking about uh, record keeping for trusts and probates in Arizona. And I think I just wanna leave with that emphasis. We've mentioned it before. But this is Arizona-specific advice, particularly talking about probates, because in Arizona, most probates don't have accountings filed with the court. And, uh, and that's not going to necessarily be the same in other states. So if you're going to file the accounting with the court, you have exactly the same high level of sophistication required that, that is required in a conservatorship. But, uh, but if you're just going to account to the other beneficiaries as you are able to do in Arizona, under Arizona law, uh, you might have a little bit lower standard of, of record keeping required. We don't want you to rely on that. We want you to keep your records very meticulously so you could account to the court if necessary. And with that, I'm Robert Fleming. I've been talking to Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. We are two of the partners at Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona, elder law firm and uh, and we wish you well we hope you will stay well wear a mask socially distance and talk to your lawyer before you get in trouble if you're acting as fiduciary we'll talk with you next week